0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Rainbow! Volvo Mild Hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com.
1: Hello. Welcome to the 5 Plan podcast hey. Hey. It's a big <laughs> way this week's Palace have beaten Arsenal 3-0 again on a Monday night <laughs> and we'll be discussing that of course This is uh, Pod 4-2-2 and joining me to chat through that fantastic game uh, is Kevin Day Kevin, hello, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, very well, thank you. Not good. many people ask me that. Thank you very much. No, yeah, well, in good yeah. spirits, in good, good spirits. And
2: it's not only that, it's not only do we win 3-0, but it's cold and rainy today, so.
1: <laughs> to I'm be a- fair, I had, a, I had a rainy commute up the garden to the shed, actually, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Um, also joining us, uh, Dom Fifield is back. Dom, hello, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. I'm, I'm
3: cheered by Monday's events. Although I am just looking at the BBC stats, and I don't think any of it tallies. I'm not Here quite sure that's actually what happened. But there you go. Never mind.
1: Yes, well, all good. All right. Well, we'll get on to that. Actually, we can we can get onto that in part one. Of course, we'll talk we'll talk about the uh, the Arsenal game. Part two, winners and losers. I think it'll be mostly winners this week. Part three, questions. And part four will preview uh, the trip to Leicester on Sunday. Before we do that, let's have a drum roll for a random patron, please. It's Danny O'Sullivan. Hey, Danny. Hey, Danny. Hello, Danny. Thanks for joining our Patreon. You can get all the rewards like Danny does, including post-match podcasts, patron-only merchandise, (laughs) and access to the patron-only Discord club at patron.com, dot com slash FYP podcast. Um, And I'd like to do another shout-out as well to uh, Jerry from the uh, San Francisco Palace group, who I know came over for the Arsenal game this week. And uh, I believe uh, that's his first game this season he's come to. So... uh, if the club are listening, get Jerry back for the semi-final. <laughs> um, but yeah, hello to him indeed. Um, right, let's move on then, Kevin, to that win. Ask Palace 3, Arsenal 0. Just like 2017, the third goal mm. was a penalty. The second goal was a, sm- a smashed, well-taken one into the homestead Road, far corner of the goal. And in fact, I'm going to open with a question from Brandon Verschuren. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Who says, hello, gang. My question is, which performance was better, 3-0 <laughs> Arsenal in 2017 or the 3-0 we witnessed on Monday?
2: Uh, well, first of all, I think we have to say, uh, if we're saying hello to foreign visitors, Kevin from Cape Town, he came over for his first game since 2013, so he can wow. stay for the rest of the season. <laughs> he
0: can stay as well. Uh,
2: I think we should also point out, it's taken till April to get our first home league win of the season, so we need a new manager. <laughs> Something's going badly wrong. Um, I, that's a very good question. I, I, I think Mondays was better because... Uh, it felt, the the one in 2017 felt more like a, a glorious one-off. And I think it's something we'll talk about later on, I think, when Palace fans are, I think, going to start changing our mindset a little bit and stop thinking of these games as one-off, out-of-the-blue results and, and look at it as part of a glorious work in progress. And I, I think what Monday proved, if we needed any more proof, is that, yeah, we've had individual players in the past... Yeah, we, who are comfortable on the ball good in possession happy to receive it with players around I mean, we've had you know, Jerry Murphy Attilio Lombardo Johan Kabai I can't remember an entire Palace team so comfortable in possession and so able to change the way they play not just from game to game but within the game itself and um, Watford just three or four weeks ago away from home I think we had that 66% possession controlled the game virtually for our second half controlled it completely against Arsenal we had I think only 34% possession but still controlled the game Mm. just in a different way against Man City with only 26% possession we stopped them scoring all the way we were able to play different football. and half time on on Monday night in years gone by Palace are tuning up at home against Arsenal against any top six team you're all thinking second half's going to be a battering isn't it? Yeah. and at half time Monday night we're thinking I know how we're going to play this this half we're going to do what we did at Watford at Wolves we'll we'll sit back low block sitting back whatever you want to call it we'll let them come on to us and we'll nick the ball and, and lo and behold it worked and then it was We're just a different proposition this year. It's it's, we're just heading in a a brilliant direction, and we might as well end the pod here because it's so difficult (laughs) to do the (laughs) pod when things are going well. And it's I struggle to find a, a criticism. It's not, you know, we've got a squad for the first time. Yeah, you're right. You're
1: absolutely right. As, uh, as team performances go, it's definitely up there. It's probably one of our best in the Premier League, probably our best since Man City a couple of weeks ago. Um, let's bring in Mr. Statman himself, uh, Dom, then, because you're right. My dad was looking at the stats at half time and at full time. And actually, they did paint a slightly different picture. Um, and in fact, my, I, I said to my dad, oh, this is the, this is, this is the you know, same as 2017. And he said, no, no, no. In 2017, Arsenal dominated. And I was sitting yeah. there thinking, I can't. Arsenal are going to score. Arsenal are going to score. Arsenal are yeah. going to score. And, and Palace actually just were very ruthless and took their chances. And again, it was similar on Monday because they, they were ruthless and took their chances. And I know the stats you got there maybe paint a different picture. But it, that first time in particular, it felt like Palace, a different Palace, and it felt like they dominated. I think probably if
3: you took the first 25 minutes and when we were establishing a 2-0 lead, I imagine that we probably did dominate the st- stats in that period. I mean, F- Sky flashed up a, a stat, uh, yeah, well, I think after IU had scored the second goal where we'd had six shots and they'd had none. And we dominated the ball, in fact. And that, I think then, inevitably, you know, that they had more urgency after that. And second half, they, they they had 80% of the ball for most of that second half. So that that warps the overall picture. But the the ruthlessness it was all palaces the um that first 25 minutes there was a 15 minute period probably within that where we looked as if we were going to score every time we went forward we absolutely tore them to pieces and they were they were battered into submission really and if, if you want to i mean i don't it's, i'm sort of loath to compare different palace teams and under different palace managers and, and indeed different scenarios because you have to remember that in in 2017, when Sam Allardyce and his side beat Arsenal three 0 Palace were very much in a relegation struggle battle, and yeah. they were they were rising out of that. Um, but but that particular Arsenal team were notorious for having a very 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 soft underbelly, mm. and yeah. y- you could bully them. And and yeah, you know, there were periods within games, and that was a, an oft cr- criticism of Arsene Wenger's last few years in charge. This time they they came to sell us on the back of six wins on yeah. the bounce, and they were they were the team in form. and And Alan Smith, who was doing the co commentary on Sky that that night, was sort of saying, "Well, this is the first time that Arsenal have been torn to pieces like this and and bullied like the old Arsenal were for for many a month." So in that respect, it was it was almost unexpected, but but only unexpected from people who hadn't seen very much of Palace <laughs> playing recently. I, mean, I thought they were excellent.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I watched the Arsenal game away at Villa when I think it was 1-0 in the end, but it it could have been 3 or 4. They were so comfortable all the way through and and Villa are a team that you would... Probably compare Palace to bigger team. Bigger, you know, everyone. You know, Steve Gerrard is the the next England manager. He's the best thing since <laughs> sliced bread and Frank Lampard. And and our manager from that generation is, is only just now stopping, not going under the radar. It's like it's only now in the past couple of weeks that people are down He's actually a genuinely good manager. He knows what he's doing. But the stat thing's really interesting because we you remember Don? We've had pe- when um, Keith Millen was on once. We beat Villa one 0 And we were joking because we'd had 31% possession and Keith Millen said, Pulis went mad. He went mad at the players because he said, we can't have 31% possession. We're not good enough (laughs) to to keep the ball for that. So there's a difference between having 31% possession as we used to because we weren't able to get the ball off other teams. And the other night when we've got 34% possession because that's how we chose to play... In the second yeah. half, because yeah. we were confident that the game was won and that we could stop them scoring two goals, and that we just able to, we either let them have the ball. But then, when we've got it, we're comfortable with it, and we're but also progressive with it as well. As every time we did have the ball in the second half, we were still looking to go forward. And and the way they panicked, the, the Zarg, I can't, I can't remember who it was that went in to tackle him because Partey was pulling up. And three of their defenders were going towards the heart One of them just did like a ten-year-old's challenge, and Wolf just ducked round. was shocking defending, but well, that's because they were frustrated and and impatient at the time because we were wearing them down. The same, there was a point halfway through the second half against Man City when you could almost see City running out of ideas, and they started putting long balls into the box. And it's that's what we do to teams now, and it's not it's not backs to the wall. It's it's a way we choose to play. And then when we go to Watford, a team that aren't as good as us. We control and dominate the game, so that's that's what I talked about early on about having a team for once. Finally, there's a plan A, there's a plan B, there's a plan C if we need to do it, and we, we're doing it in the games. These substitutions all make sense and come at the right time. So it, it, it's difficult not to make comparisons. You know, you, you have to say, you know, Roy Hodgson did a brilliant job, and Patrick Vieira's is built on that foundation. But this is a different Palace team, and it's it's a joy to watch. It's, it still takes a bit of getting used to, to be honest.
1: <laughs> it, does, it does a bit, yeah, it does. Although you're right about the half-time thing. Like, and I've had that all season, really. I've kind of felt, you know, I think back to the Leicester game, I was fairly confident then that we would get back into the game. And that there is a confidence that's been sort of breathed into this team, not just on the pitch, but in the stands as well. And I, and I guess, Tom, you know, confidence is one of those things where it's difficult to get and it's easy to lose, and we've seen teams drop off and stuff. But it feels like all the, the pieces are kind of falling into place at the right time at the moment in terms of those options that Kevin talks about. um, Vieira's substitutions, everything like that, the confidence from the the fans as well. It is all just coming together at at the right time. This isn't something that's sort of like um, happened by mistake. This is all part of the process.
3: Yeah, I mean... Look, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Patrick Vieira would have liked this to have happened slightly earlier. And that six-match winless run prior to Watford. I mean, he wouldn't Mm. have wanted that to. You know, that wasn't part of the process. It's. It's. But you're right. Confidence is so key. And um, just given you have everything that is happening now, has to be put in the context of of last summer still. And and that isn't. I'm not talking about Roy and. The five, four and a half years is is purely on that summer. The fact that there was, there was so much change, Um, and and that's, I mean, I I write, I write a piece earlier this week about how well Vieira was doing, and although a lot of people now are waking up to it, there are a lot of people also saying, "Hold on a second, Palace are where they always are. They're always in the table. They always finish there. They've only won seven games. I mean, it's only the bottom three that have lost, have won fewer games, etc., etc., etc." But the whole point of the piece. Was to illustrate the fact that what he's achieved and how he's done it, and how the team are playing, and moreover, your mate Dougie, he has been absolute. That that recruitment last summer, which was exceptional, um, that that was the risk. That's the context in which you have to look at all the progress made this season. And yeah, this morning we're ninth in the in the Premier League, and we have real no rights to be ninth in the premier league mm-hmm. after the amount of upheaval and change a voluntary upheaval from last summer but that much change that doesn't normally happen i, w- I was talking to a a manchester united supporter this morning he said to me i was asking him oh my world your your clubs your clubs in trouble There's it? a massive rebuild job there and he actually turned around and said well actually palace are a bit of an inspiration for us because they've wow. shown that you can instigate massive change yeah. And be successful at it. Um, okay, they might be. They're, they're probably talking in terms of trophies, and we're talking about consolidation and progress into the top half. But the, we can't underestimate the achievement in steering even vaguely clear of trouble this year. It's 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 huge and it's immense, and it's to, it's to the huge credit of, of Vieira, to the players, to the way they've adapted, the way they've attacked this season, and moreover to the recruitment department because. Those and those signings have set uh, set the bar. Yeah. They really have. They've got to be emulated, you know, this mm-hmm. summer because there'll be more upheaval. But my
2: word, they did a good job. Don two things, Dom, and I. I say this only slightly tongue in cheek because obviously, uh, uh, Dougie and I get on fine. But <laughs> <only> uh, <laughs> just you know, it, uh, was it more by luck than judgment? Well, was this a planned recruitment drive? And and the second thing is, do you, I think the thing we've underestimated as well. Is how much the recruitment of coaching staff has made a difference because we, we're not really talking about that, but that's there's a big upheaval of the pitch as well, wasn't there? Do you think that's made that's
3: helped? I think well, look in terms of the the plan and and. and I think Dougie's been itching to do this for a good few summers, and but the opportunity hadn't been there because you can't just clear people off your books. You can't. You you don't usually have a situation where you have twelve players out of contract in one summer, and all big earners and all senior senior pros. Um, So that. I suppose you could argue that Palace looked at it a couple of years out and thought, well, that's going to be our opportunity. So from from now until, from between now and then, we've got to make sure that we stay in the division so that we can then instigate that change. We can do bits and bobs. You know, bringing in Eze was, was part of a longer-term vision. But the actual chance to clear the decks and start again almost was last summer. And it will be continuing this summer when there are more players out of contract and, and there will be opportunities to move potentially some on. Um, so... It is part of a process, and it is something that Dougie and the recruitment department have been wanting to do for a while. And it, and it, and you know, bringing in John Texter's investment was part of that to give them the leeway to to actually operate in the market in a, in the way that we did. But even so, to spend sixty million pounds, which is what you know Manchester United spent on a, pl- a right back they're not even playing at the moment. It's it's and, and to do all that recruitment on the back of. That outlay is astonishing. It's absolutely astonishing. And look at the quality of the players that they brought in. I mean, well, you know, we'll come on to those. I imagine in but the winners do, and winners section. Dom, um, would, so
2: would, would we have targeted uh, Elise Geahy, Anderson, regardless of who the yeah. new manager was? Yeah. Right, okay. That's, that's. We
3: definitely would have targeted those players. Definitely. Yeah. Whether they would have been convinced to come is another mm-hmm. another right. thing. I mean, Vieira definitely. Came in and spoke to these guys and possibly pushed them over the line. I mean, you're talking about Elise, a, 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 a player who'd represented France's under under 20s, under 18s, etc. And and Patrick Vieira's on the phone to you on a Zoom call to you telling yeah, him to yeah. come join Palace. That, that's a big thing, albeit he doesn't actually speak French. Um, Joachim Anderson had played for Leon against Vieira's niece, and I, I you know. It's easy in hindsight to look back and then Nice and think, oh, well, you know, he got sacked after five defeats in a row in December 2020. But that was the youngest team in League yeah. by some considerable distance. And for him to have qualified for the Europa League, albeit in a in a truncated season, was a fairly good achievement. So uh, he would have people will have taken notice of what he did at Nice, and Joachim Anderson spoke about that again. You're talking to Patrick Vieira here. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's Vieira. He's got a presence about him. Gueye, I'm sure, was exactly the same. Conor Gallagher's spoken at length about how influential he he finds Vieira and how he feels he's brought his game on. And the chance to work with somebody who'd achieved so much as a midfielder was only going to be beneficial. Mm-hmm. So it would have depended upon who Palace brought in if they weren't going to bring in 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 Vieira. I mean, Lucien Favre was. I mean, the you know, the, the sense of dismay when Lucien Favre didn't get the Palace job amongst the fan base was, you know, almost tangible, for mm, God's yeah, sake. Mm, I mean, yeah. but would Lucien Favre have been as persuasive to these guys? Or would, would he have been <coughs> inspirational to to Michael Olise to, mm. to to come to Crystal Palace? I don't know. We, no, we'll never know the answer to this. I mean, would Nuno Espirito Santo have been playing this kind of football? No. Probably not. no, no.
1: But that's what I said earlier about all the all the pieces are sort of coming together at the right time and it almost felt like it was kind of meant meant to be. And and when you look at the transfers from last summer, the fact that every single player has fitted in and done well, and normally the ratio isn't that high at all. Some won't. Some you know, just some just mm. won't settle. And and that in, in itself is very, very special. And we'll speak about one in a minute before we do that. Um Can I just while I'm on a roll? Because you mentioned we've got seven wins this season. My my record for Palace this season is unbelievable. I've only I've been (laughs) my words out today. Well it turns out I think I've watched every league win. I've been to fifteen games. I've watched eight wins, one of them being Everton. That's the only cup game we've done. So I've seen every league win. Three draws and four defeats. we won eight now, J.D. we won eight. Oh, okay, yeah, so I've yeah. missed one of them then. What have uh, I missed? I've missed one. Never mind. Three draws and four defeats. I mean, that is not bad at all. I think that's, uh, that's a pretty decent run uh, to be on. Um,
2: I think, J.D., we need to thank Miranda because she's the one who stops you going to half the games.
1: <laughs> yeah, Maria, actually. I think you need to thank Maria. She's the reason I can't go on Saturdays all the time. Um, and really quickly, before we get on to, uh, I'm sure you know who we're going to talk to in a minute, uh, another goal scorer. Um uh, Stephen Goldringer said, have you got plenty of Diet Coke for the next two weeks? Colin Francis says, has JD got a contact with Diet Coke? I have, a, <laughs> alongside this run, I've got a funny little thing that whenever I buy a bot- bottle of Diet Coke at Sellers, we seem to win and score goals. I did it at the we- uh, on Monday as well. So if someone from Sellers is listening, keep the Diet Coke stocked because I will do that <laughs> and I will take it to Wembley as well. So, because all these things is exactly how football works. Um, let's wrap up part one then, Kevin, by talking, we're talking about confidence earlier. And I think, Arguably, or maybe not even arguably, the most confident Palace player at the moment is JPM Jean-Philippe Mateta, scored yet again and is has is, is very much made himself that number one spot in Vieira's team. We've got loads of questions. Yeah. I'll rattle off a few for you. CPSC Monk 08, hello Monk again, hello. has simply said, Mateta is a goat. Thank you for that. <laughs> Um, Adam Adam Sintski is Mateta going to be a cult hero of a generation? Um, Jamie Penniston Raja Mateta's corner flag celebration is a bit silly, but my word, is it satisfying and making him a player? You surely have to love as a Palace fan. And James Thompson says, can you remember a more clinical and clinical? I think that's a typo. An important time striker we've had in James need to really um, prove your copy. We've had in the Premier League than J P. A clinical, yes, Kevin. I would say confident as well. Would you
2: know what was interesting? that? The, the headed goals because I, I think only Anderson can tell you what he was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, because I mean that's how your luck's going. I don't know he seemed to get distracted yeah. or look at John Curran in the crowd for some reason. And it, but so <laughs> uh, Mateta had to readjust. He had to sort of change his weight a little bit to, to and he did that really quickly. Like, I, I was thinking this last night. Yeah, I know Steph Fuller from uh, Palace and Proud listens to this and I I cast my mind back to half-time against Millwall when 2,999 Palace fans were trying to get a drink and just going, Mateta's got to, They got. he's got to take Mateta off. He's got to get him out of the club. He's, he's just not right. Look, as somebody said, it looks like he's won a competition to be here. And Steph was going, no, no, he's got, I think he's great. He's potentially strong, just needs to bed in. we going, Steph, what's the matter? Is everything all right at home? You okay? And, and now it's like, Steph, who's going to win the Grand National? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But she, and it, I... I, I can't, I can't believe. And, and clear, it proves that we all know that people, <laughs> people like Patrick Vieira know more about football yeah. than we do. It turns out, but the the difference between JPM then and now. If you'd said then that he was going to be our first choice striker, with, considering the strength and depth we have, if you'd said then he was going to be our first choice striker, you would have laughed at him. But he just brings his all round game as well. He just brings something to it, and he's scoring goals. He he gets it again. As like Dominic said, you, it's such an intangible thing, confidence. But he just seems to think he's going to score when he gets in the box, and lo and behold, he does. And and the, the only downside to that is that when Christian comes on, he, he will he will be snatching at chance. He will panic. He will think this is the only chance I've got to score a goal, maybe get in the team. And it's but Jake, he's he just he's getting better as a footballer all, all round, and he. You just can't argue with the goals he's scoring as well. They're, just, they're not all things of beauty, but that's what you want from a striker. That's great.
1: They are they are strikers' goals, absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, who's has said the question here, James, in terms of sort of instinctiveness in the box, I think he's he's probably, he's probably the best we've got at the moment, to be honest. And yeah. he's very good at and he has, is adding to the rest of his game. He, he can run the channels. His hold up play was, was is getting better as it was in the first half of Monday night. He does seem to run himself into the ground as yeah. Celsius said on the post match pod. And by about sixty minutes, he seems yeah. very leggy and needs to be taken off. But to be honest, you can't ask so much more from your from your striker um, nevertheless he assisted that's the name of one of our listeners <laughs> is Mateta doing a reverse to Bamiang getting better after signing a contract rather than before <laughs> so very good very good sport but Dom we have to put this improvement uh, and Kevin is right I mean it's happened really over the course of a few months that has to be an, a Vieira impact surely
3: yeah and and yeah, it must be. I mean, it must be something that, that he's seeing evidence on the training ground that he needed to come into the team at, at some point. I mean, we have seen all three of the the number nines in the squad um, play for periods this season. And for for periods within those periods, they've they played very well. I mean, Benteke yeah. was taking chances early. Otten Edouard had a little flurry of goals yeah. um, I think just before the new year. And, and then Mateta's come in. Uh, the, the reality is... I mean let's not let's not sugarcoat it. Patrick Vieira would have been happy for Jean-Philippe Meptessa to leave in January. Yeah. I'm sure there was a period where he he was he was en route to Santa Tien, and you know if 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 Palace had, had the chance to sign a yeah. an Kettier or someone like that in in January then he probably would have done. But the deal that was on the table potentially uh, for Mainz to renegotiate that and get him on better terms even if you you know, sign him up and then sell him in the summer was 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 too good to turn down, really. Um, and actually, what's happened since is that that he's benefited from a run in the team, uh, and and that that has built up the confidence and allowed him to 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 show what he he can do. It's ar- arguably that he didn't really he hadn't really had a run in any team. Mm. Since maybe quite early on in his time at Mainz, when he was scoring a few goals. Um, the, th- the thing that really strikes me about him is other than the chaos, I mean, it is it is about chaos with him. He <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> builds up a head of steam and his yeah. arms are going everywhere and his legs are going everywhere. And I don't think, I don't know if people appreciate just how big he is. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely colossal. Um if the idea of him running at you at pace, and he does have some pace, um, is, is quite a scary prospect. So, he, you know, where, where Benteke maybe is a bit more static and, and, and Edouard is slightly slighter, slightly slighter, um, mm-hmm. uh, Mateta's got a, an element of all of that and he's very raw and he's very unpredictable and I, I'm, I imagine that, that is probably has been infuriating for his teammates at, at points. But actually, if you look at some of his hold-up play on Monday, there was a moment immediately after Ayu's goal where we... Where we broke again, and, and the ball is pinged at him onto the, on the halfway line, and he 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 gathers it, and he he spins a diagonal pass into Zaha into space on the left flank, and th- there's no Arsenal player getting near him yeah. for any of that move, and and he had the vision to he knew where Zaha was, and he and he's he, he's he's aware of that as he's collecting that ball, and the pass is perfectly weighted. I don't think John Philip Mateta was doing that three months ago, yeah. six months ago, yeah. so. Um, that, that, is, that is part of a process of, of improvement on the training ground, but also improvement with games. And and it's 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 brilliant to see him expressing himself and, and, and providing, or basically scaring the life out of opposing centre-halves. And what was interesting, Don,
2: because there were several moments when he, he does come deep and he mm. does move and there's no Arsenal defender near him. But there are also several occasions, especially in that first half, when both centre-backs went to him. Yeah when when they just simply they, they almost panic they both went towards him, which gives so much more space for zahar and, and Ayu to 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 explore and, and you know and his past was, i mean the Pass of the season for me was Anderson's ball to, oh, to my Iu. Sense. I mean, it's, it's bad defence, admit, admittedly, but what a pass that was from a oh. centre back. If you yeah. ever want an illustration of how much we've improved, and also Ayu's confident finish as well. I mean, there's two signs there of how much we've changed yeah. as a team. Because I don't think Iu would have would have done that at, yeah, at the start I've, of this season. I think he would have taken it. He would have held it, looked for someone else to give it to. But it's just the momentum was there. The ball was so good. Yeah, it invited him to do that. And and. And I use a fringe player now. So...
1: Well, his squad. We have a squad now. I, I've held it's, off talking yeah. about those two players because I like they may crop up in our winners section um, in a minute. Just before we round off then for part for part one and go on to that, the chaos factor is absolutely right, and I think that's that is that is what endears players like that to to Palace fans or football fans in general. I'm just wondering what you guys think his percentage of chaos is. Do we think it's sort of ten percent, fifteen percent of chaos? How much do you reckon? How much we're going to give him? Uh, you, you
2: need to ask. Whatever you give him, Andy Street will contradict it with some made up XG chaos.
4: Chaos. <laughs> xc, <laughs> <Basically>, XC. <laughs> XC. <laughs> Yeah. Because
2: apparently we're not allowed to believe the evidence of our own eyes. We have to believe two teenagers with a laptop who decides how good we are. Or he's not.
1: definitely got. If there was an <laughs> X Chaos uh, metric, he's definitely got the highest X C, isn't he? In the uh, in the league. Fantastic stuff. Okay, cool. Let's take a quick break then, and when we come back, we will pick our winners and losers. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're all loving Palace being great at the moment. and I'm sure that's making everyone feel fantastic. But it's important sometimes to sit back and realize when things aren't so great. You know, for example, people don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches and teeth grinding and even digestive issues can sometimes be indicators of stress. Let's not forget about doom scrolling. I'm sure we all do it. Sleeping too little, sleeping too much, under eating and overeating. I'm definitely a doom scroller when it comes to Twitter, um, especially when Palace aren't playing very well. And you can very quickly lose a lot of time scrolling and looking at things that make you angry. And to be honest, it does up the stress levels. And stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less and grind all the time, this is your reminder to take care of yourself, do less and maybe try some therapy. I've said before on future podcasts that therapy has helped me through some particularly difficult moments. Just that idea of sitting down and talking to someone about whatever's on your mind can really be very helpful. BetterHelp is customized therapy online that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. And FYP listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash FYP. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash FYP. Welcome back to the Fibre Plan Podcast. Hey Chaos. Pod, three. <laughs> I might call it the ex-chaos factor this week. I think. Um, pod 422, and we're going to do our winners and must-do-betters, as we're now calling them, which, of course, is a patron-only section. So if you want to hear this, do sign up to our patron, patron.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash FYP podcast. And if you're not signed up, listening on the public feed, you're now going to hear a clip from the post-match pod from Monday night. Before we make that split, though, I'd like to invite everybody, patrons and non-patrons, to the pre-FYP pre semi final slash drinks. We did it before the final in 2016, and people have asked us we'll do it again this year. So, yes, we are. The venue this time is the Eagle Ale House in Clapham, which is run by a Palace fan. So, we figured it would be an absolutely perfect place to have it. It's a 15 minute walk from Clapham Junction and Clapham South Tube but do plan your journey because I believe as it's Easter weekend there are reduced services from uh, Clapham Junction or in and out Clapham Junction so do plan that we'd love to see you Saturday the 16th so the night before the semi um, 4pm until late so if you're listening to this now and you fancy coming along and you're in London or maybe you're flying in from somewhere for the semi do drop by and have a drink with us it'd be lovely to see you Uh, right let's make that split uh, for this section now
5: (laughs)
6: That confidence and that energy at Selhurst Park is Im- Im- infectious, isn't it? And you yeah. is a perfect example of that. I thought that that goal that he scored, where he, he I mean, what a finish? It was a great, great finish. Oh. I mean. It, it, it would have been difficult to miss because he was literally right in the middle of the goal, yeah, but even and he it, could have gone left or right. But we've seen him miss chances like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's what I mean about the infectious element of the confidence that comes from a team that's really motoring, that's got yeah. that kind of drive, and a, a, a Selhurst Park that is just rocking. It's just been—it's great to be here on a Monday night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, we, well, we seem to be here every Monday night. I
1: hate the Monday night kickoffs, but we've had two fantastic ones in the last couple of weeks, and. We got Leeds in a couple of weeks in a Monday, and actually, I suspect that'll probably be a cracker as well. You know, given that they're starting to find a little bit of form again. So,
6: it was it was a little bit like um, it was an Everton kind of start for Palace, wasn't it? Where we, we did this, we we went at, at we kind of attacked Arsenal right from the whistle, yeah, and, and really put them under pressure. The difference between Palace and Everton is Palace made it count, didn't they?
1: Yeah. Well, do you know? Actually, at half time, Dab was looking at the stats. Um, oh, he's an accountant, obviously. Obviously, loves loves the old stats at half time. And um, do you know Arsenal had sixty percent possession in that first half? Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I felt like we dominated. And, and they had, I think we had four shots on target, had four shots on goal, or two on, no, four on target maybe, and then two goals. They had three on, three on target apparently, or something like that. So it actually stats wise, it looked, it didn't look, you know, too kind of um, far away from each other. But in terms of how it felt, and I know obviously football. Okay. You're either, um, you're either team spreadsheet or team grass, aren't you? I think with football a lot of times. And because um, you can look at the stats and see one game, but you can be in the stadium and feel a different, and that felt to me like Palace dominated that first half. Yeah. And as you say, it's a self-perpetuating thing because if the team comes out of the blocks as they did, all fired up, and you've got Gallagher pressing the, pressing the um, the, 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 the centre backs essentially, the goalkeeper Ramsdale, yeah, exa- exactly, them down, yeah. Didn't he? But if you've got that, that then reverberates around the team, which reverberates around the crowd, which gets the crowd up, which in turn then gets the players up again. It's like this self-perpetuating thing, which again I don't I don't know if we've we've had spells in the past, haven't we? I guess when Pardew first came in, maybe twenty yeah. yeah. fifteen, yeah. Um, there was a bit of that, wasn't it? But in, in terms of sort of this collective sort of thing together, this collective motion, I, 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 in terms of what's happening on the pitch and in the stands, and then a manager that I, that is universally, obviously, supported by all the fans. I, I can't really remember a time. And then they're getting the results as well. It's not like Palace are um, putting in the effort on the pitch and the results aren't coming. We're now getting the result and resounding results. You know, four 0 against Everton, three nil tonight. I can't really remember a time when it all was clicking into place like this. And, of course, the pessimistic Palace fan in me is like, enjoy it, mate, because it's going to go and fall apart somewhere. But, but actually, <laughs> if you were a fan looking from the outside of Palace right now, you'd say, my word, they're smashing it. Yeah.
6: It was... It, the thing as well is, all of that blood and thunder was matched by quality. Well, yeah. You know, we've, we've, yeah. we've really... We've, we've had spells. You know, you talked about the Arsenal, Arsenal game under Allardyce. Yeah. And it was very much a blood and thunder kind of performance but the quality really was Kabai yeah. Wilfred and that was pretty yeah, Townsend, was sort of on Townsend it, as well but but, yeah, yeah. but not that it wasn't as spread out as yeah, it is yeah, in yeah. this in this team and and all the way from the goalkeeper uh, to to our centre-backs who we're going to talk about in a, in a short while to our full-backs who I thought were excellent and again Tyne Mitchell had an yeah. excellent game yeah. uh, against Saka really just wrapped him up I, I yeah. thought he was brilliant yeah. Um to to the midfield, you know Gallagher got with that with that pace, Chiate with with that defensive solidity, yeah, cool, but again. also kind of again playing a Vieira role in that midfield, yeah. um, and then in attack as well. Just there was just so there's just so much quality. Yeah.
1: too. I thought Sloppy was yeah. Sloppy was excellent as well. It's you're, just yeah. it's a
6: different it's a different kind of blood like blood and blood and thunder performance. You're obsessed wasn't with it? the old
1: blood and thunder tonight. Um, Sorry, yeah. but you're right that they all have. Um, they all have... Mo- Every player had a moment tonight, you know what I mean? And that's when you know the team's on form. So, late on, Guaita makes that fantastic double save. I mean, yeah, I think Lecazette was offside, maybe. But he, even so, that's his moment. A, keep, a keeper like that in a 3-0 game has to maybe wait 70 minutes, but you've still got to be on it. Makes, makes that moment. Both centre-backs had big moments today during the game. Um, Tyreek had quite a few moments. Schlappi had some lovely moments, picking up in midfield, driving forward. Every player is having those moments and every player is, is coming out on top in those moments. And when you've got that happening, I've said moments a lot there, haven't I? When you've got that happening consistently, well, well then team, you're very difficult to play against because everyone's on their game and everyone's making the right decisions. And, that, and that, You can't really ask much more. Like, no one's perfect. There's going to be mistakes. But when it comes to the big moments in the game, and I'm sure there's a stato out there who'll probably be able to calculate them, it feels to me like we're coming out on top on most of them and that is, and that is going
7: to win you games. I mean, I thought the first half, my only worry at half-time, actually, was had we done enough, had we scored enough goals, you know. Obviously, it sounds crazy. Before, and if you'd have offered me a 2-0 lead at half-time, yeah. I'd have snapped your hand off. But actually, as the game unfolded, Arsenal sort of seemed there for the taking, almost. And yeah. We scored twice. But actually, the I think Mateta's shot that Ramsdale sort of shoveled away was our only other effort on target in the first half, and they they didn't have any attempts on target. I don't think in the first half. There actually wasn't. There was only those three strikes, I think, on goal in the whole of the first half. Full stop. But a bit like the Everton game, we were very um, good in front of goal again, and we've not. Yeah. You know, that's probably the biggest difference currently is that. We are taking our chances yeah. when they're falling. There aren't too many gilt-edged ones that are, are going away. And I think, probably, you know, when you look at sort of Liverpool and West Ham and stuff like that back in previous weeks or months, now they are the ones that you know we did really well in, but ended up losing because we conceded three goals and we didn't yeah. we didn't finish well enough. But you know, you're sort of seeing now you know, it coming together again and that we've really found our form. And I think that's, J.D., to be honest, because of the defensive stability as well. You know, I think the fact you're not conceding goals and that you look so strong. Nathaniel Klein's actually made a very good difference to the team since he's gone in there. And I would be giving Nathaniel Klein a new contract and keeping him at Crystal Palace for longer. I think he's... He's done really quite well, um, I think particularly with the problems we've had with Nathan Ferguson, who I think he's picked up another small injury now, having come back for a couple of days, so it's been really difficult to get him going and if he is the long term successor, I think that may be you know the answer well we may have to go into the transfer market or or do something, but I've got to say. Klein has been outstanding since he's got yeah. into the team. Yeah. And looks like the Nathaniel Klein from 2009, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing. And the two central defenders, they're the best we've ever had, I think, as a pair. I mean. So
1: you've just answered a question from part one I was going to put to you that Rob and I were talking well, about. Are they the best ever centre-back pairing we've had?
7: Yeah, well, I said to you at the start of the season, I thought they had the potential to be that. And I think they are. I think they are. I think they're absolute. Anderson's ability on the ball is absolutely outstanding and uh, you know, the one The one thing for jo- Joachim Anderson, I think <clears throat> that I hope will improve in his game will be just to make him a little bit more dominant physically, you know, considering his size and stuff, but he's still quite young, I suppose, in one sense, but I mean, him and Mark Gehe, he's so good on the ball and mark gehrry i didn 't think it was possible, but because he 's done so well, but I think the England thing he looked last night like he 'd even gone up another notch, like where he were so confident on the ball and so positive, and you know he looks like the sort of player that 's had the shot in the arm that uh, yeah. that sometimes you know takes people on. <laughs>
1: Right, Uh, that was our winners and losers. If you didn't hear them and you'd like to hear them, sign up to the patron uh, p a t i e o n dot com slash fyp podcast. Uh, Unless
2: you're Damien Delaney, in which (laughs) case don't. (laughs) No,
1: I love Damo. Absolutely love Damo. That's making the edit. Um, (laughs) Right after the break, questions.
0: Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com.
1: Welcome back to the 5-Year Plan podcast. Hey. Hey. Part 3, question time. Let's go straight in. First one here from Giles Paley-Phillips. Hello, hey, Giles. Giles. Hello, Charles. Hey. I think you know what's coming, lads. Have we finally turned the corner? <laughs> He's kept the tradition going. Thank you, Giles. Good man. And we need to have at least one of those in episode. Uh, oh, Leif Anderson's forehead. Hello, Leif. Hello, um, Leif who went straight to Arsenal fan TV on the journey home. (laughs) Yeah. We may have (laughs) talked about that in the last section, Lee. So you might want to go and listen to that. Um, There's a few questions here about IU, about uh, Anderson and Gay. Obviously we we have covered that in previous sections. Um, Here's one that we nearly touched on actually, Kevin. Toby Kinder, 1962. Hello Toby. How big an impact has Patrick had on Kiarte's game and how important (laughs) is that role to our system? I I will reference Rob in the last few weeks has been saying Kiarte is the Vieira of our team. And, and, I don't I thought like obviously Vieira was one of the best players in the Premier League ever and Kiarte obviously isn't but can you see what they're both talking about there uh, uh,
2: Absolutely yeah I mean I, you, you can't compare any current Premier League player uh, to Patrick Vieira yeah, I, yeah. I, I think there are young Palace fans who's too young to remember what a good player he was but just in terms of what Chiauti does for us, it's, it's like quite often with Vieira, apart from the fact he was so visible, you couldn't always put your finger on what it was that he'd, he'd done in the 90 minutes to stop the other team from uh, from playing. But Because he, he was big and strong, you could see it. And that's what you get with Chiauti, which is why we don't talk about him very much after the game, because he's not making the 60-yard passes. He's not making the last-ditch tackles. He's just... position. His positional play is just... Vieira's one of those players like just instinctively seemed to know when trouble was developing and where to be to, uh, to stop it. It's like Torre was at Man City who just, yeah. you think, well, hang on a second. He was 50 yards up the pitch a minute ago. How did he get there? Yeah. And because of that imposed, and also Chiarte is beginning to have a little bit of an aura about him on the pitch in, in the same way that Dominic talked about JP looking big. He, he looks physically stronger, JP Mateta than he did at the start of the season. and, and Keate, whether it's the confidence from Afcon, but he just looks like he looks imperial, he looks like the boss out there now, and it's really making a big difference, and and not only is he protecting the centre-backs really well, but he's he's given the, the other two whoever whoever plays with him are getting such license to go forward now, yeah, because they know that he's he's at home and he's going to stop the danger and it's and, it's, and it, it puts what it does as well it puts doubts into the other team's mind even before the games started. It adds to the list of players that the other teams are going. Well, hang on a sec, we've got to deal with him now as well. Whereas in years gone by, they've gone look sorts sort the out. Um, and we're fine. We'll beat them. And now they're going. Well, we've got that gangly bloke up front. We've got to sort him out. <laughs> Wilf's playing really, really well. Yeah. Uh, elite, yeah. We've got at least that to deal with. A cocky little kid who just beats people for fun. <laughs> Kiat is just big in his Gallagher. So it's they, we've got we're setting problems all over the pitch. And that's yeah. again, it's something else we haven't done for a long time. But Keati, uh for for me, he's got to be in the list of. A player of the season is going to be really difficult, but Chianti has got to be up there in the top five, six, seven. It's going to be the longest <laughs> shortlist we've ever had for player of the season. I That's mean. a
1: good question for a yeah. future podcast, actually. You're absolutely right about that license that Gallagher and Schlupp or whoever is in those those eight roles gets, and that has to be down, dominant to Chiarte. And again, I, you know, I asked you about Mateta earlier. It, it, it is his turn in form down to the, the Vieira factor. Chianti has to be as well, surely? Yeah, he's definitely got the faith of... Of Patrick um, behind him, and that that's
3: that, that's really bolstered his his belief and com- and conviction. Um, I, th- I felt that that performance on Monday was remarkable, given um, he only broke his fast just just before yeah. kickoff. Yes. I mean, just yes. staggering. I know that, I know Palace obviously with with Doctor Zaff in charge have, have they plan for this? They know how to. Same with Jordan Ayu obviously as well, and so they know how to deal with that now. But um, still, an, a, such an immense performance. We we may well see, I guess. Over Ramadan, that, that 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 there are games that he comes off in. He came off on Monday. Jordan came off on Monday, and yeah. it, it may well be that you have to manage them through through that period. But but uh, he's 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 been he's been brilliant. He he really really was missed during Afghan. I think that was yeah. A, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. the penny really dropped with a lot of people. It was like, oh my word, you know, there's a massive gaping gaping hole in the middle of our yeah. team here because he's not around, and and uh, his leggy presence and uh, you know that aggression that he brings as well. Because he you know he does. He, he does make sure that opponents know he's there. I mean, there, there have been, I think, early on in games, he he bites into a few challenges, mm. which is nice to see. He's not he's not worried about reputations. He just goes for it. And he, well, and so should he. So he should. He's an Afcon winner. Yeah. He's at the World Cup. He's a, he's an integral part of his his national team and and an integral part of this Palace team mm.
2: I think the only thing if you are got to be when, when he first broke through at West Ham I think he scored six or seven goals in the first uh, part of the season so one thing I think when we're missing from him, certainly from set pieces he used to get a lot of headers but I mean that's just being really really picky because we're scoring goals across the rest of the pitch so we yeah. don't need we don't need goals from him but that would be another an added luxury but He's 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 a different player this season, I think. And you can't you can't not if you're of his generation and you play in his position, you can't not be influenced by Patrick
1: Vieira. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You just
2: just just the way Vieira carries himself on the training pitch, and just you know, if anybody's going to make you listen about how to play well in that role, it, it's Patrick. Yeah. It's Patrick Vieira, and it, I, it's I, I still get a little bit frustrated. I still there's still so much focus on Lampard and, and Gerrard and what. What of the players of that generation and what they're going to do next and where they're going to move to. And it's still, Vieira. still, you know, you can argue this because we're still a mid table team and it's great that no one's sniffing around him, but it still seems a slight reluctance, especially amongst people like Chris Sutton, who start the season, wrote him off and said Palace will go down. Mm. You know, there's nothing about the Premier League. There still seems a slight reluctance to acknowledge what a good job he's doing.
1: I think let them have it. Let let us go under the radar and just crack on with it. Yeah, people are fresh...
0: taking
3: notice. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, again, one one of the sources that we spoke to for that piece early in the week was saying that you know opposing clubs are starting to ask questions about his met- methodology and yeah. um, you know what his future plans might be, and he's, that's not. No threats to Crystal Palace. It's I think Palace are well aware that, that if things go well for Patrick Vieira at Sellers Park over a couple of two, three years and then, then obviously he'll be EMR yeah, for bigger yeah. things. Yeah. But um he's he's just he's been it's been good to see it all flourishing. I mean it's not been without the bumps bumps in the road, but those were inevitable given yeah. as we said the, the the start of the season. Speaking of artists, I thought in comparison to Arsenal TV
2: I thought his post-match reaction was was very good very honest really good. And, yeah. um, and also I loved Guardiola's comments after when Jeff Shreve said to Guardiola after the game what went wrong he went Palace
0: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we
2: played a really good team we started to score in as simple as that but I thought Arteta it would have been easy for Arteta to make excuses after that game but he, it, he he fronted up he put his hands up and said we need a reaction that wasn't anywhere and his analysis of why it wasn't good enough Yeah. and he seemed genuinely shocked as well. Well, it seemed like a performance that he wasn't expecting.
1: He he but talks
3: was, well. He does talk well, yeah, I think. He's let's respectful. really hope. Let's hope and pray that they get a reaction because um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, next next, next game yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. who yeah,
1: yeah.
2: we are we seven <laughs> points clear? On, I believe. We're top lovely top. stuff.
1: <laughs> um, I do think uh, we. Someone asked earlier about Mateta being a cult hero. I think Chiaretti is in the bracket for potential cult hero as well. When you think about. Not just his performances, but how he carries himself around the club, and yeah. the way people seem to like him on the training ground, and I think he seems like a real good character as well. So, well, well, and they
2: I, all seem. Dom, Dom will know this better. Because Dom knows the club better. Than, they they all seem to like each other. They seem yeah. to be a bunch of players that have been brought together. And, and again, I don't know whether it's part of the recruitment process that we look at the. Uh, the sort of characters that we're that, that we're getting, but they just seem a bunch of players that are really happy playing together. There doesn't seem to be anyone who's moaning about being a squad player rather than a first team player. You can see the way they celebrate together. they see the way they react at the end of the game. It's, it seems like a happy camp at the moment, which again is something that takes
3: a bit of getting used to. Well, one of the one of the stories that um, that we we wrote about uh, was a throwback to the city away game. Ben was an unused substitute who had been dropped for that, that game from the start and was warming up on the sidelines at the Etihad Stadium and one of the one or two of the city substitutes were chatting with him um and sort of expressing surprise that he wasn't in the team and, you know, you are you basically are you pissed off about not being there? And his apparently his his reaction was no, it's uh, you know, playing when you're playing for this manager and this his his man management, um, and you can see the the strategy and the plan. Then there's there's no issue here at <clears> all. We're <throat> we're more wow. than happy to to have that. So
1: that is great to hear as well. Blimey, things are going well at the moment, aren't they, <laughs> Palace? My word. Um, I'm going to come onto that in a minute, just really quickly. I love Dom's use of the phrase "leggy presence." That's absolutely fantastic. It sounds <laughs> like a fragrance that. of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might call this week's pod "leggy presence." That's lovely, um, but it's bang on. It's absolutely bang on about Kiarte. as so, um, well. Well. A few people have talked about um, this time of being a Palace fan. Toby Kinder. Toby. Oh, Toby's back Toby. with another question. Yeah. Um, I'm rephrasing my regular question of the last few weeks. Here we go. This is the best time ever to be a Palace huh. fan, isn't it? Question mark, question mark. And Alan Tate has offered a similar question. How good can Palace really get? It is... It, certainly in my lifetime, Kevin, it does really feel like... Because I missed those early 90s. You know, growing up in... Um, My first Palace game was 1992, so I I missed Ian Wright. I missed all that kind of stuff. And and I spent ages wishing I was 10 years older to been able to go through all the early 90s stuff. But this is my early 90s, surely, and it feels as exciting, even not more so maybe than then.
2: The odd thing is about that team, Steve Koppel's team, and and I will always argue that if there is ever to be a statue outside Sellers Park, and Steve Koppel should be one of the people firmly in contact. I know Ian Wright disagrees, obviously, but um, (laughs) there should be a statue. But the thing with that team, the team that finished third... In the old Division One, uh, got to the FA Cup final. Should have been in Europe, but obviously UEFA panicked and allowed Liverpool back in early. We were efficient and we were effective, but we weren't particularly attractive mm. to watch. It was we were a very difficult team to play against. We have five or six players from South London. The, the, the spirit, the determination, the attitude was fantastic. But the, the, the quality of football we're seeing now. Consistently from the whole team is is better than, you know, you could argue there was more excitement. You know, we had the raw energy of, of Wrighty, you had Mark Bright, who really should have retired from football because his his injuries were so bad playing so well and again i would argue that if if bright had any level of pace for me he's as good as teddy sheringham so we had we had exciting players we had players that got you off the edge of your seat but mainly because of that because of tackles and mm. and commitment and uh, this is in terms of the football we're playing i i can't really remember you yeah, know I, I have Rose-tinted memories of the the, the team of the eighties and the, seeing the youth team playing finals, but I, th- I can't imagine that the, the, the football we played then was as good as the football. You, you can't, as Dom said earlier, you can't compare generations anyway because of the yeah. the sheer pace and physicality. But the, the consistent level of football we're seeing, we can, you actually look forward to walking to us part. That, that hasn't been the case for a while, so these, these are these are glorious times as well. And, and I think that's that's the other thing when we've got younger fans who go well it's time to push on it's time to invest we have to get in the top seven be careful what you wish for because that's what, yeah. exactly what Charlton fans
1: yeah.
2: wanted and and, and these I, I think and I'm not even let's not think about the future let's just enjoy yeah, yeah. this wonderful moment
1: yeah these are these are the glory days aren't they Dom I can, I can yeah. imagine when Maria's grown up and hopefully <laughs> as a Palace fan she'll be saying dad tell me about 2022 <laughs> I, I the left era. the
3: Everton game and, and, and I was there with my, my boys. He's, he's just turned 13. And I was saying to him, Look, you've got to appreciate this. You've got mm. to really lap this up because it's not, this isn't normal. This isn't what ten, has happened to Crystal Palace over the years. <laughs> yeah. This is 10 years. It will be 10 years. And we survived yeah. this 10 yeah. seasons in the Premier League, which is an incredible achievement. And they're not actually that many clubs. I think we'll probably be about the 10th or 11th longest serving members of the division when we, you know, it's it's just, it's ridiculous really when you think about it, this is Crystal Palace. But I think it's huge. That's huge testament to, to, to the work that Steve Parrish has done to almost instigate different phases of that development. Mm. And, and now we've got a team that, yeah, that, that you look at and think, well, we can take on anyone and we can, we can play football against them as opposed to, having to battle against them or, or unsettle them in different ways. And, and as, as, as Kev said in the first section, we, we don't always have to concede the possession. We can, we can mm. actually take games by the scrap of the neck and, and open teams up, which is brilliant to see. But uh, the one thing I, I mean, I, Kev, maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I I, re, I remember that team of the under, undercuts in, you know, from eight, from the eighties into the nineties. And, and I remember that season, 1991 and, and winning more games, far more games, twice as many games as yeah. we lost, I think we lost ten matches out of thirty eight that season or whatever it was um but i there was always this sort of undercurrent of of whinging and grumbling and because maybe because maybe because the football wasn't scintillating, maybe maybe. I don't know, we were winning a lot of games narrowly. There weren't many matches that we absolutely wiped the floor with 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 teams, you know, last few games of the season, maybe, but generally speaking, I mean, we started that season with ten games unbeaten yeah. in the top floor, yeah, which yeah. is absolutely staggering, wow. really. But I, I sort of always look back and think I didn't appreciate that team as much as I should have done at the time. I, I that was a team that I rocked up at Celeste Park and stood on the homesdale and actually that, that team was more likely to win than lose. And it, it, you can't really say that of <laughs> any other Palace teams in the mm. top flight in the period since, until this year. Yeah, until this year. But that,
2: that's a very good point. Also, I think as well, that the the team of seventy nine eighty we had a lot of youngsters from South London. Yeah, that team, copple's team, had a lot of and by necessity really because we didn't have any money. Noes wouldn't yeah. spend money, so copple had to look for for bargains from you know to look for players from, from like Ian Wright from Greenwich Borough and Andy Gray from uh, ten, wherever Dandy Gray cow can't remember. But, they, but he put together a team of players that weren't particularly wanted by other other teams, and a lot of them were sold again. We've got a lot of Londoners in in this team as well, which makes a difference. But you, you're absolutely right. I, I had forgotten how effective that team was because you kind of you don't go beyond the semi-final win, really. You you, you just kind of think, well, we, we must have been good. We finished third in Division One, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we must have been a, a winning more games. But you, I think it's, it's partly a reflection of how football across the country was then, It was still emerging from the eighties, and it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a happy sport to support. It, you know, there wasn't that much football on TV. The government at the time hated football and hated football fans. It was still the day you know, getting on a, a special. You took your life in your hands half the time because the trains was terrible. And you, I remember a, 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 an away going to Wolves when it, the special was two coaches attached to a normal train and we were padlocked in. So you know, you got treated oh. like shit by the police still at most. So it wasn't. It wasn't a joyful time to be a football fan, anyway. So, so maybe that's reflected in, in the way I think of that 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 Palace team. Really, whereas, whereas now football is, yeah, I, I'll happily watch not, football. I'm not nostalgic in life, but I'll happily watch old programmes about football in the sixties and seventies. Anything with Brian Clough, Bill Shankly, and I'll happily watch it. But also, you have to acknowledge it's a much nicer thing to do now yeah. going to football, much nicer yeah. than it was. So. And the fact that we've, you know, it's it's for the most part clean and safe and healthy. There's a bit of a crush in the alpha weight, but apart from that, and the fact that we get, we're we watching football of a quality that we haven't seen before. Yeah, these are great,
1: great times. Yeah, I, I, but also, you know, you say about back then in the, in the 90s, there was grumblings and moanings and stuff. And and there, there always is and always has been at Palace. But right now it feels like the most harmonious, I think, period in terms of fans behind the manager. I I can't remember a manager that's been universally backed in this way before.
2: Also, I think as well, Dom, uh, you mentioned Steve Parrish. I think that's another difference because there was, you know, Ron Ron Nodes was kind of old school club chairman, you know, and with hindsight, it, it was probably for the best that he didn't spend money he didn't have. But we always knew that at the end of any good season Palace had, the likelihood was that Ron Nodes wouldn't pay the wages to keep players here. Yeah, and he certainly wouldn't pay transfer fees. So we, we never replaced Ian right? because he, he went to Arsenal with our blessing, but Nodes was never going to spend money bringing in a light for light replacement. So you kind of always felt a little bit temporary back in the day, and as it did like the first two, like 13, 14, 15 in the Premier League, you kind of think, we're, we're probably going to get relegated this season, if not next. Whereas now it doesn't feel like that. It feels like... There's a plan, it feels like, off the pitch and on the streets of the academy as well. So it just feels like we're a grown-up football club now, heading in the right direction. And it's difficult, apart from Andy Street, who just does it to annoy people, it's difficult to find somebody who's got a contrary opinion. Other than maybe two of the owners.
1: Well... <laughs> we, are, we are running out of time for this episode, Dom, because that, uh, that's a much longer discussion. I'll lob that one in there. Which we yeah. might have to come to at some point in a future episode, I'm sure. But um, we will save that for a future one. Um, thank you for your questions, everybody, this week. Uh, sorry, can't read them all out, but do appreciate it. Please do keep sending them in. Um, like Toby, send them in on various platforms, and you might get more than one uh, asked in the uh, same episode. Anyway, um, after the break, we're going to preview Palace at Leicester. <laughs>
0: Discover a new favorite restaurant, your campsite. Find yourself when you lose your signal. Discover a new playlist, Mother Nature. Make your summer special at the Kia Summer Sales Event with a dependable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Event n 7523.
5: When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best, Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But Executive Chef Guillaume Rabin of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at OrlandoForBusiness.com.
1: Part four of the Five Your Plan Podcast. Way. I never get to do a way, but we are down to a two man pod now. Kevin has had to leave us. Famously hates Leicester, so it did refuse to be in this <laughs> final part of the pod. Uh it's Palace at Leicester City. Um traditionally ground recently we've n- not got a bad record in. Um, I think. I haven't checked that. I've no idea if that's true or not, but it feels like we win there quite a lot. Um and we'll be going into this game, Tom. obviously, on a uh, back of a fantastic run. Leicester, of course, playing on Thursday night, I believe, in the Europa yep. League slash conference slash whatever conference, it's yeah, called yeah. these days. Um, so you have to imagine that might have some sort of impact. But I guess at the moment, and obviously, our next game is obviously the semi against, uh, against Chelsea. So how did Palace approach this one? Because it, it seems to me like Vieira hasn't, has really just been keeping things ticking along and not making too many changes. But I'd imagine that semi-final will be in his thoughts. I'd be mean, surprised if he made changes with specifically without for
3: fitness concerns, et cetera. Um, I mean he's got a whole week um between fixtures uh, to to worry about that, which is you know, the more than say Chelsea, for example, will have, which yeah. is which is great because they've got a slap peg in the middle of a two-legged target against Real Madrid. So they'll have plenty on their minds. Um so I you know, I I maybe maybe Michael Elise with his, his micro fracture of a bone in his left foot doesn't necessarily feature at Leicester that's that that makes sense or maybe he's maybe he's on the bench and comes on and makes a a cameo appearance don't I don't think that's a serious serious issue so hopefully he he will be fit for for Wembley but but other than that I'd I'd be surprised if there were sweeping changes I mean you probably want to get a bit more a few more minutes into the legs of a a Jimmy Mack or Mm -hmm. um but he could do that equally off, off the bench it's not you know, again, there's 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 time there. You can certainly pick a a Gallagher and ask him to go and run his heart out again for ninety minutes because he's not even available at Wembley. So
9: mm.
3: I wouldn't imagine there'd be too many changes to Palace. And and as as you say, it's it's an opportunity because Leicester City will have PSV Eindhoven on their on their minds at the moment. Um, that that Thursday Sunday combination isn't an easy uh, situation to address. Um, in fact, after their their last home game in in the Europa conference league against against ren they they went and lost two 0 at arsenal on the sunday um okay did better against brentford in the in the second leg of that on that game but but you know there is an opportunity there they they will have to juggle their resources far more than palace will
1: yeah i'm just fact checking myself actually looking at the head-to-head and we actually haven't lost any of our last five games against them against them three of those were at home last two games uh Surely we lost there last season, didn't we? Didn't Iinaccio score an absolute belter? Uh, Oh, do you know what? Because I'm looking at the Leicester head-to-head against (laughs) uh, instead of Palace. Oh, now I've got to read it backwards. Hang on, how am I going to do that? And I'm going to go back and click on a different link. Um, You're absolutely right, yeah, because I was thinking of that run, we did have a, uh, uh, I'm guessing sort of 2017, 18, 19, we did have a run where we did, yeah. Do very well against them, home and away. Here we go. I've got the Palace one now. So this is, yes, last five games: draw, lost, 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 draw, lost, draw, lost, lost. Um, two defeats at the King Power. But before that, it was four wins in a row. Two wins at the King Power: four-one and a three-nil. That five-nil, at stillers in there as well. So it will be. It will be tricky. I'm just thinking of of players like Eberechi because I think after the Everton game, when he played so well, and obviously that was a cup game. uh there was a few people in the pub saying, oh, I wonder, I thought Ez, Ebbs might get a few more minutes after playing well there. I guess he's being managed back uh, from his long-term injury, but is that the sort of person we might see a bit of a run-out from potentially ahead of the semi?
3: I mean, I suppose he's, I, I suppose it comes down to either Eze or MacArthur to to fill the, the void left by Gallagher at Wembley. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I suspect he probably ends up going with... Macarthur just because it's it's Chelsea, um, yeah. and that's they offer a particular threat. Whereas maybe Everton at home were, were more vulnerable than, than than Chelsea will be at Wembley. But um, yeah, I, I imagine that that Eds gets game time at some point. I, I, again, I. I, I, I <laughs> I guess you have to see how how the players are looking towards the end of the week and whether they picked up any knocks, etc., from either from Monday or from training. And that, you know, if, if so, then then he then he comes back into that team um, because he played so well against Everton, and that was the first time you looked at him and thought well, this is more like the the Everrichi that we saw yeah. during the you know football behind closed doors at, at Palace. Um, but he, look, he will play. He's he he's not he's, with, with Ebbs now. He, there can be confidence that you can turn to him if, if you need him. If, if they need a bit of creative spark from the bench, or they 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 need to to almost give one of their other forwards a bit of a breathing breathing space and and, and take them off. Or you've got Eberichiase who is desperate and eager and 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 yeah. wants to be involved, wants to be playing matches. So it's good to be in that position again. I'd, there's no concern anymore in terms of almost in terms of match fitness actually i think he's probably built up enough time in his legs uh, since the turn of the year to to come in and do a job for palace and the, the the only thing would be is it would be a different kind of job because he's not he's not a gallagher it, gallagher's all energy mm-hmm. you know he's all over the pitch everidge as we've said many times on this is is more of a sort of gliding in and out of games and, and in possession he's, he offers a different kind of threat um but a wonderful player and a player that we're all desperate to see get get back to his best and, and to make his mark again. That moment when he scores his his first goal yeah. with, with supporters in the stadium for Crystal Palace will be a very, very special moment.
1: Well, I was saying to, as I down the pub, I think, or on the pod last week, um, Ebbs against Everton. I think that's my first time watching him play for Palace. Yeah, we've been
3: because Arsenal and Spurs last season. Yeah. I guess if if you were at the Tottenham game, but um, I can't remember whether he I can't remember whether he played that that match. In fairness, but but like he was, he didn't play Arsenal because that was that was the right at the end of the season because that was the week that he he he'd done his yeah. Achilles, yeah. so he, yeah. he wasn't around. But the one-all game, and just having a look now. So yeah, he he played 89 minutes of that one-all game um, against Spurs last season um, when Jeffrey was equalised late on, um, and there were a few. Lucky people were in the stadium that day, but
1: other than that, that's it. He's had a few cameos. I, mean, that was, I, think, I think the Everton game was maybe his first start. He's had a few cameos apparently against yeah. uh, Chelsea and Norwich. And oh no, I did oh, see look. him play against Liverpool. Apparently, he came off the bench against Liverpool, didn't he? He has. He has.
3: Yeah. He has played more this season. But it's I'll just it's it's that first goal, isn't it? It's that it's yeah. that, we want to see. I mean, because that that be such a moment for him. He's waited so long yeah. um, to 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 make a mark like that, and and it will come it's just it's just a matter of being patient for a bit longer um i am sure next season as well that that we'll see Eberici as they playing far more regular a uh, part in the team and uh, and offering a, a real a new di- dynamic to Palace's forward play um but it's it has been a question of almost just easing him back in over the course of this season. I think we're there now, but it's, you know, well, let's see what, let's see what Wembley brings. And if even, indeed, he gets a run out at Leicester just to, just to remind us of what he can do.
1: Ebbs winner against Chelsea in the semi. That'd be a lovely time that. to get the first goal. Um, and we, we are actually on uh, joint with Leicester in the table, although they do have two games in hand on us. Obviously I'm guessing down to a, uh, some of their European commitments, but um, we are on the same number of points. We're ahead of them on goal difference. And actually, to be fair, it does look like they have been coping with the sort of European commitments, not too badly. If you look at their sort of recent run of form, I know that Arsenal game, In there, But otherwise they are picking up points and they seem to be sort of dealing with the rigours of a packed schedule quite well. But if we do end up above Leicester this season, obviously we are ninth and we are looking up rather than down, which is great. Is that a mark of how far we've come? Because I think that's the sort of team over the last couple of years we'd have been looking to to try and emulate.
3: Yeah, you, know, you have to bear in mind the last two seasons. Le- Leicester have going to sort of mid-April, they've been fourth in the table and in the Champions League places, and they've just yeah. they've just dropped out at the last when uh, when uh, they picked up injuries or they've just their form has tailed off slightly, largely due to fatigue and, and weight of expectation, perhaps. But, but I mean, this this year's almost it, it's reversed for them mm-hmm. that they had such dreadful dreadful injury problems over the first half of the season um, and the last few weeks. I think they're their slight upturn in, in, in results and, and performances has probably coincided with with players coming back into contention so you've had Castagna back in the team you've had Fofana back in the team Johnny Evans is now back and available again Dewsbury Hall's made a massive massive impact since he, he's come in um, and you see all these guys fit and firing again and suddenly they look like a, a far more potent force uh, in, in the league and actually probably their league position is a is underachieving they should they should be they should be top seven at the very very least and and it, I, I suspect if those players had remained fit they would be
1: well hopefully they won't be well they won't i mean they, they mathematically can't be after this weekend because they're so far behind but <laughs> hopefully they will stay below us uh, after this weekend's uh, game we'll take a draw or a win at the king power dom thanks very much for uh, joining us on the pod this week good to have you back pleasure thanks for having me top man thanks to kevin as well of course who has had to leave us but we love having kevin on. of course thank you to our patrons for your support patreon.com slash fyp podcast if you fancy that and all our listeners as well anyone listening thank you very much uh, post match pod will be with you uh sunday evening if you're on the patron from the King Power, um, and then the main pod next week, uh, reviewing that game and previewing the Chelsea game in the semi-final of the FA Cup at Wembley. Uh, So that'll be very fun indeed. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye.
2: Podcast Network.